Hello friends, and welcome to The Safe Space. I'm your host, Gavin Clark, and on today's episode, it's going to be a little bit about me. I'm going to be sharing with you some of my own personal history dealing with mental illness, with loss in particular, and how that shapes who I am today. I do this on what is International Men's Day. The purpose of International Men's Day is to open up the conversations around men's health and there are some horrifying statistics out there. So if I can share a story and potentially allow somebody to know that it's okay to ask for help, well, I'm damn well going to do it. For now though, here is episode one of The Safe Space. So thank you for joining me on today's episode, the first episode in fact, of The Safe Space. And The Safe Space really is all about creating an environment for people to share what could be difficult stories and just open up a conversation for the betterment of everybody. And I'm going to start off uh, on my own story and talk to you about mental health, or more accurately, in my case, mental illness. I have for what feels like a lifetime, but is for roughly two decades now had some difficulties to say the least with my own mental health this for me started when i was young i was 14 or 15 when my grand died and that was the first time i'd really experienced death certainly the death of a loved one and I didn't really deal with it. And that's a, that's a starter, isn't it? That first experience and you don't deal with something. Yeah, and it just festers for years and years. And some of that probably comes down to me having been bullied in in school or certainly feeling like I was being bullied in school and not having much of a a great time albeit I never allowed that to come across I certainly tried not to allow any of that to come across but those early years are extremely important they they mold you as you grow grow older I remember the the first time I really drank was not not that much longer after that, after my gran sadly died. And <laughs> I mean, it was not a good event, let's put it that way. But essentially what ended up happening was that I ended up in hospital and who knows whether it was fully intentional, but I'd certainly 
certainly sent out a message to say that it was uh, and that was my the first time that I tried unsuccessfully to take my own life I managed to kind of manipulate my way out of it uh, and kind of manipulate the situation so that nobody focused on how I was really feeling at the time rightly or wrongly quite probably uh, wrongly and I just let it sit I just carried on I'd kind of had that throughout all of my childhood I was born with a lower limb condition that has just meant I've had to deal with a lot of pain and and stuff um, and you know you might be able to spot it as I've got very small calves and very very thin lower legs but beyond that you know, it's nothing compared to what some people have to deal with but again it was probably something that chipped away at me in the next big life event really for me was when I was just about to go to university and I had a friend who I'd just I'd grown up with you know we were in the same schools um, broadly had hung around a similar group of friends for most of our lives used to go to Pelea his amazing house um, and do all sorts of fun things and his mum and dad were just amazing people and suddenly uh, we would we found out that um, his dad had died and it was sudden you know this was not expected and that was a week before I went to uni I went to uni as as normal again just kind of putting on the front that it wasn't that I was okay and it wasn't something to worry about but in reality it, it, it shook me and then I went through university I hated uni didn't like my course it wasn't what I thought it was going to be I made some friends but you know it was fairly superficial and to be honest a lot of the people that I met they just just weren't for me um, it didn't take too too long for me to decide that the way to combat all that was just to get really quite ridiculously drunk all the time although I mean let's be honest that is partly what uni is all about certainly was when I went through and then in my final year or at least the summer between my uncle sadly passed away after struggling with um, with cancer for quite some years and that was a different event to my gran and to my friend's dad this was a young guy um, someone that really shouldn't 
probably shouldn't have have gone at the age that he did I used to get compared to him quite a lot as well which probably did make it more difficult looking back but really there wasn't much in the way of support back then it was very much a case of you just you just get on with life yeah this was just leading up to the the last recession before this one <laughs> and you know it was just a different a different world to now and then I kind of muddled my way through the years some good times some bad and it wasn't until another huge life event came along that I think I started to question how bad my mental health really was and this was an event that no one really expects to have but let me give you a bit of the background so I had moved into working in a large organization and been fortunate made some good contacts and I was introduced to a chap and he was just one of those people that you speak to and he was just so passionate and so charismatic and interesting that I just I needed it wasn't even that I wanted I needed to work with this guy and fortunately I I I got that opportunity we we worked well together we developed a good relationship he was from near to where I lived so I used to see him uh, you know, down in town and um, and the rugby now and again because he was a big rugby fan and it was about a year or so in maybe 18 months it's a month after I got married it's one of the happiest days of my life um, and I got a phone call And the call was, where's the boss? And this was a bit odd, not totally unheard of, because there were some stories, but we worked in different sites. So um, one, one in the Midlands and one, one in the city. So, you know, we'd be back and forth and sometimes trains were delayed, etc. But this was quite late. So I just responded, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know I'd, I'd been chatting to him the night before, or the evening before, I should say, and everything seemed okay. Um, there was no, no kind of indication that um, he wasn't gonna be in. And we just kind of agreed that we'd both try and get a hold of him, and, and if, uh, if not, then we'd pick back up and see what needed to be done. It wasn't much long after that, you know, we were in this, you know, 
fairly nice office um, kind of seventh floor of a, a reasonable size space nice and bright the usual kind of suited and booted it was very much a corporate environment and we were all gathered round by the head of our our wider team wider department and we were told that my boss the person that I emulated and that I that I aspired to be um, that he died this was a dad a husband you know someone that was beloved by pretty much everybody that he met and he was gone and there was just this darkness this weight just sat immediately around I remember thinking because I had tears or at least it felt like I was going to have tears I remember just thinking that you know, men don't cry and what a ridiculous thing for me to think eh because of course we do we're a human being but in that moment that was what was in my mind I just kind of felt like I needed to on as much of a face as possible so I kind of left the space and, and went to the gents and just, just kind of broke down it was it was difficult to say the least I think the thing that I find the most difficult was we didn't actually know how or why he died I mean he was he was a guy that for the last year had been really into his fitness he was going to the gym he was had lost loads of weight he was getting really fit really healthy eating good food etc etc I think he'd even put on, put on his rugby boots at one point not too much before uh, before that yeah so no kind of obvious sign that he was going to suddenly suddenly drop dead but that was the news there was lots of conversations over the next week and two and three right all the way up to the funeral actually but there was always this thought in the back of my head a kind of gut feeling is there was something we didn't know And that turned out to be true. I remember the call quite well. It was one of my London colleagues again. I got asked the question, did I want to know how he died? And me being someone that likes to know the, well, as much as I can, said yes. And I was told that he died by suicide. 
I just re-emphasize those words that he had died by suicide because this is a serious thing to happen people don't commit suicide they die by suicide as a consequence of suffering from dealing with mental illness something has gone so wrong that that is the only option that they've got and that is tragic it really is I remember feeling just an insane amount of guilt I was having all sorts of horrible nightmares and yeah it was not it was not fun time went by and I managed to put on a face put on a mask the mask that I'd worn for most of my life really and just get on it's about a year later that one of the one of the other big events of life I became a dad which was not something that I hugely thought about kind of growing up or anything like that but you know, I held this little little boy in my arms and there was a couple of thoughts that came one was oh crap <laughs> what do I do now I've never held a baby by that point the other was I'm glad he's got his mum's looks but also this just kind of natural feeling of protection that knowing that I would do pretty much anything to keep that boy safe and then another thought came in and it was a reminder just before the anniversary actually of of his death of my boss and how two young children had been left that, that was a tough thought I mean the next eight weeks in particular were really tough my wife had had a c-section which you know, it's major surgery let's be honest I had the usual two-week paternity and yeah I was back to it um, I've moved on from the, the previous role and gone on something different new people amazing people it's a theme throughout my time actually and then <laughs> about two months or so later around about this time of year actually I got the news that mum had been diagnosed um, with breast cancer an aggressive form of breast cancer 
I mean, for those of you that are listening, indeed, if anybody is, that news is in itself life-changing. I don't think it matters who you are. I think hearing that about a loved one, but in particular, I would say about a parent, it just it just changes you. And, you know, mum did very well. She had chemo and radiotherapy and surgery and actually seemed to be doing pretty good, all things considered. She had done fairly well through all that treatment. A few things along the way, you know, losing hair, etc. But mum rocked it. She was a bit, a bit like kind of superwoman or some sort of superhuman, anyway. But it was, I don't know, six months in. I lost, I lose track of the time slightly. And um, mum was just collapsing. She couldn't walk, etc. My th first thought was that, oh god, I should have a stroke because radiotherapy can increase the chances of that. But yeah, I would have preferred that. I think. So we shortly after got the news that it wasn't um, it wasn't a stroke that. It was a, a secondary, secondary breast cancer that had moved to a um, moved to a brain. I mean, I try and put on a brave face, but that was earth-shattering. Mum was stubborn, <laughs> to say the least. You know, she made made some major life events across the time. She survived beyond expectations, and just I don't know. She was just a power into her own. very sadly um, on Christmas day or Christmas morning I should say she she died yeah that was that was tough I still to this day remember the moment she was surrounded by people that she loved, though. So that was important. I um, I moved jobs again, and took on something that I, I 
agreed to start before um, before mum died. And it was it was the wrong the wrong time, the wrong job, the wrong support, and <laughs> good old COVID hit, didn't it? Now, as we all know, the world at that point was just flipped. What we had once known was was no more. What we had once taken as as given our our own personal freedoms was was no more. And people were dying. A lot of people were dying. It's really scary. I remember it really well. My wife and my brother, my sister-in-law, um, all work in the NHS in different ways, and they were all working out there. That was scary. And then I was at home with my boy. He was about two at that time trying to look after him whilst negotiate a pretty toxic work environment um, sadly because that's not really not what I needed at the time and it just all got too much some some really bad thoughts some suicidal thoughts and yeah, I I got lucky. You know, I had loads of support through a work health scheme, for one. And I somehow, I don't really know how, managed to speak to my doctor, speak to my GP. And I got help. I kind of can't look back and just think about what would have happened if my boss had got that help. Would life have been different? Would I have been happier? I don't know. But I know one thing for sure. If I hadn't had that help, if I hadn't been able to reach out, if I hadn't had somebody on the end of the phone to talk through some of this stuff and deal with some of the some of the issues, the deep rooted issues. And I still speak to a, a psychologist and psychiatrist. If I didn't have all that, I think there's a a good chance I wouldn't be around to tell you this tell you this story that's that's sad but at the same time much like I remember thinking I still think now that it saddens me that my boy doesn't get to grow up knowing my mum but then on the flip side 
he at least got to know mum while she was around. And that's something that I, I try and cherish. Now, given that it is International Men's Day, given that it's Movember, and I am sporting what is a pretty, pretty terrible moustache. <laughs> I think it's hopefully a story that some of you will connect with. And that even someone out there might go, oh, it's okay to ask for help. It took me a long time to ask for help. 20 years. And lots of very difficult times. And even as I'm talking to you through the fortune of being able to put this together, um, you know, it's. I can feel the physical aspects of mental illness, the headaches, the the anxious stomach, the the pressure and I think the thing that I would like to leave you on is that that's okay it's okay to experience those things it's nothing to be ashamed of but if you are experiencing those things and particularly if you're experiencing those things regularly or to a point that it disturbs you then it's time to go and speak to your GP or if you've got the good fortune of having support through work then use that whatever it might be but it's time to get help but for now I hope you've enjoyed hearing some of my story. I hope it resonates. And I hope you join me for episode two, where we will explore another story. And it will be with a guest. And there's more to come. But for now, thank you for listening. For those of you that have love it if you could share rate preferably five stars and just get the word out and let's create this safe space let's create this environment that people can talk in and that it's okay it's okay to talk it's okay to need somebody to listen Join me for episode two, where we hear more and we explore more. But for now, bye bye.